Before starting, I want to give you a heads up as this episode will include potential triggers. Topics like depression, sexual abuse, and thoughts of suicide will be addressed. If you need to pause, step away, or simply not listen, please do so. Your comfort and well-being is priority. Also, this episode was recorded remotely, so I apologize for any static or muffledness in advance. You matter to me, and I hope this episode serves you well. Hey there, my name is Aniela Castillo Vasquez, and today I am super excited that you're listening to an episode of Angel Moments. I am so excited for you to hear the story of my friend, She's someone who I consider to be very strong, independent, wise, and I believe her story will definitely transcend hope into people in beautiful ways. So would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Hi. Thank you for having me. Um, Hi, everyone. My name is Giselle. I'm 22 years old, and I work in an elementary school as a special ed aide. Awesome. Thank you so much, Giselle. I'm so excited to have you today. I'm so excited to be here. (laughs) So I want to ask you, um, do you have any hobbies? Um, I do. Some of my hobbies are you know, uh, playing the piano, painting, uh, rewatching shows that I've seen probably a million times. And uh-huh. <laughs> I, yeah, I have a, I also have a uh, pet hedgehog and a puppy that I recently got last month. So I've been pretty oh, busy with that t- lately. A pet hedgehog. That is so cute. What? That is so cool. I've never met anyone that has like a pet hedgehog. Oh, I didn't either, but I thought, you know what? Let me be the first one. <laughs> that is super cool. What's his name? Uh, his name is Bruno. After Aww. Bruno Mars. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Well, I'm now wondering, um, what does an angel moment mean to you? Uh, well, to me, it it's kind of like a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, in my case, I felt stuck with no hope and no way out, but the light found me and it honestly changed my aspect in life. That's what it means to me. That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like that could definitely relate to many people. Everyone does have their own meaning of angel moments, so it's really cool to hear yours. So now... I'm wondering again, <laughs> um, what was your angel moment? Uh, well, actually, my angel moment was more of a who than a what. Um, mm-hmm. my, my angel person is actually one of my former uh, special ed kids, and his name is Jaden. And I call um, him, yeah, I call him my angel person because I feel like he came into my life at just the right moment and when I needed him the most. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. It's great. I think it's really special that you have an angel, like a literal angel in your life. So in what way did he come in at the right time? Like, can you explain more about that? Sure. Um, Well, when I met Jaden, I was 19 and he was 10. So he was in fourth grade. And the special ed classroom that I work in goes from third to sixth grade. So luckily I was with him for about uh, three years. And mm-hmm. he, he was someone with multiple disabilities, some of them being autism, ADHD. And he also had a speech impairment, which in his case, it took away his ability to, to speak. And I remember that in my first day, um, the teacher in charge of the classroom, she put me to work with him. And I was kind of nervous. And you know what? Now that I think about it, I think it felt it too. 
because, mm-hmm. and I think it was the reason why he took advantage and he wouldn't listen to me at first. So we got off, <laughs> we got off on the wrong foot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it took me forever to try and work with him. But as the school year went by, we started getting used to each other and it soon came to a point that we basically became each other's shadows. He was always, where, he was always where I was and he was, I was always where he was. And, um, I remember in the few days that he wouldn't come to school for like, you know, doctor's appointments or whatever, I would feel like really weird and incomplete because he wasn't there. Mm. And in the days where I would have to miss work, I would have my coworker text me or tell me the next day um, that Jaden, he would work with the other teachers, but they had a hard time getting his attention because he was always looking around for me. Oh, oh my gosh. I know. It's like, like you guys kind of needed each other. Y'all could feel each other's absence. Oh. Yes. It, like, I'm telling you, it just felt weird being without him after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, every time, like, somebody would come in the classroom or something, like, he would jump up thinking it was me. And then when he wouldn't see it was me, he would kind of get sad. Oh, man. <laughs> That's so cute, though. I love that. Is yeah. he still in your life? Do you, are you guys still in contact? Uh, yes. Well, actually, uh, he's in middle school now, but thankfully Mm -hmm. his, uh, current teachers and his parents let me keep in contact with him. Yeah. But so good. uh, I bet he needs you in his life as much as you need him. Oh, I do. I have pictures of him everywhere. I miss him so much. So now that you're explaining a bit of your story, um, in what way did like Jaden's presence in your life impact you? Like how, why was it so important? Uh, well, actually, before I applied uh, to my current job in 2017, my motivation, you know, was in the negatives. My At that time, I was, you know, I had depression, and that had basically taken away all the joy that I had in any of my hobbies. I had friends mm-hmm. to talk to and everything, but I just didn't feel the need to express to them how I felt in those moments, and instead, I just preferred to pretend like nothing was going on. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I feel because like with depression, it definitely does that to you. It could be very like, um, it just, oh, I don't know how to exactly phrase this, but people can't see it on you because I feel like in movies, especially people think depression equates somebody who is quiet and not social and, you know, like quote unquote emo. When in reality, mm-hmm. it could be the most bubbly person in the room who could be battling with depression. So it can also like depression can make you unmotivated to talk to others. It can make you uninterested um, in things that used to give you joy. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting that you talk about that. So what exactly triggered the depression? Uh, well, my depression was triggered by my childhood. The week of my third birthday, I was um, sexually assaulted by an uncle and mm-hmm. Yes, when he was done with me, I remember him holding up a knife against my neck and basically threatened to kill me if I ever spoke a word about it. So, Mm. yeah, so I did it. And I continued to stay quiet until the abuse continued up until I was about eight or nine. I can't really remember. And Mm -hmm. at that point, multiple uncles had also committed the act upon me. Wow. Multiple uncles. Wow. Yeah. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. And now that I think about it, I feel like I grew up way too fast. Like, I knew things that no child should ever know about. And Mm -hmm. I remember that as each year went by, I felt as if, like, a little part of me died. So whenever, 
uh, whenever my birthday week came along, I would try to like not make a big deal out of it. Or I would tell my mom I wouldn't want anything. And mm -hmm. sure enough, the birthday party stopped. So I felt a bit of a victory in that. But, you know, the pain is still there. The abuse. Of course. Yeah. That's a scar mm -hmm. that does not go away. I'm yeah. so sorry. Because that's not like I struggle with really understanding why that happens because it's such a cruel act and the fact that you were so young and that they manipulated you into not saying anything that's so wrong and I'm so sorry that you went through that I understand like why that may have definitely triggered the depression and how that must have been hard to cope with for sure mm -hmm. it, I mean, it was um the first time that my depression like almost knocked me down it hit me in my sophomore year and you know I had an attempt but I checked it out at the last minute and thankfully mm -hmm. my friends you know they found out about it so they were able to help me so I overcame it momentarily and you know I continued my education I graduated high school but the second time that hit me that was actually in 2017 this was months before I even found out about you know the job opening and in mm -hmm. that moment was I think the, I would say the darkest part of my life, because that's when I was, I basically had convinced myself, I said, you know what, I'm done. I, mm -hmm. I can't, I can't, like, I had, my birthday is in February, so, and I had a fear at that time of February arriving, and I would remember that days before the month even started, I would get physically sick, and I would avoid absolutely any and all eye contact with any male um, older than me. Mm -hmm. And if one step close to me, like I remember sweating and just having panic attacks. And at times my attacks would leave me bruised up from me punching myself. Like I wouldn't even realize it in my attacks, but mm -hmm. I would physically harm myself. And I would also have memory loss from how severe they would be. And honestly, if I hadn't have found out about the position and if I wouldn't have applied and if I wouldn't have met Jaden, I wouldn't be here telling my story. Wow. So first off, I want to touch a little bit on the panic attacks and how that must have been so hard because that's a trauma. That was your trauma response to what had happened. You were kind of just disengaging from, you know, potentially being attacked again and your body was still like trying to defend you despite yeah. like how many years had passed by. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful that those attempts were failed because I think the world definitely needs you here. And um, third of all, I'm really grateful that you met Jaden. And I don't know, I'm getting like teared up because. <laughs> like, um, oh my gosh. Like when mm -hmm. I tell you that I have so much love for that kid, like honestly, to anyone who's listening to this, obviously you can't see me, but just know that I have this huge smile on my <laughs> face just talking about him. I love him so, so much. So, oh my gosh, you can only imagine the pain I felt to be the one to lead him across the stage in the sixth grade graduation to get to his diploma to go to high school. Mm -hmm. He probably, he'll probably never understand how special of a boy he is to me and how thankful I am for him. But I hope he knows that I, I'll never forget him. Honestly, like he saved my life and he can always trust me to care for him. Like Jaden was literally the light in the dark tunnel for me. That's beautiful. Yes. Oh my goodness. I bet you're the same for him though, because your dedication and your just interest in helping him definitely makes a difference. So amid your story, I just find it very interesting that despite the severe depression that you were like facing, 
I think it's really interesting that you still push to apply for the job. So like, I don't want to pry, but why, what gave you that push? Like amid the dark thoughts and everything, what pushed you to, hey, like, let me apply for this? Yeah, well, like I said, uh, my, the dark, the darkest moment of my life was in 2017. And it started months before I applied. And mm-hmm. when I found out about the job, um, I remembered that in the summer of my freshman or sophomore year, I can't really remember, but I remember volunteering at uh, a elementary school and I helped tutor two special ed girls. One mm-hmm. had dyslexia and the other one was blind. It was a challenge at the time because, you know, me being so young and not really knowing how to work with people like that. But I remember, you know, enjoying the challenge and I remember going home and, you know, looking up ways to help them. And I would always look forward to going back the next day. So, mm-hmm. you know, in that moment, I remember when I turned in my online application, I just remember looking at the mirror and I told myself that if I got the job and it didn't work, if it didn't, you know, give me any motivation at all to keep going, then, you know, I'm done. That, that was it. And my mom was set on that. I basically made that job the decision maker, whether or not I should keep fighting because that's like, that's mm-hmm. crazy wow the fact that that turned out to be like your purpose now like it fueled you in a way like it was definitely a sign that says like we need you stay mm-hmm. I'm so happy it worked out I'm so happy uh, believe me so am I <laughs> I would have missed out on so many experiences and I would have missed out on meeting so many people like back then I didn't know you and I'm so glad that I get to know <laughs> you you're such an amazing person to me <laughs> no I'm so glad I get to know you as well you're really like we just hit it off I think it was at my oh yeah immediately immediately, girl as soon as you said I like that bunny too I said oh my gosh I found (laughs) exactly yes so amid like all of your story which is just so brilliant and just so beautiful and touching like my heart feels so warm just hearing your voice and explaining the whole journey but now I'm wondering how did everything change you as a person now well since Jaded wasn't able to communicate his needs you know I had to I had to learn how to read his behavior so before I knew it I turned into his voice and I was usually called whenever someone wanted to know what he wanted or what he needed and now that he's at a different school I use this skill to read other people's behaviors like for example I can usually tell if someone is feeling in a bad mood, even if they're trying to appear happy. But the main reason Mm -hmm. that I'm thankful for the skill is because um, I look out for the kids in my school, not just in my classroom, but, you know, the other kids that walk through the hallways. So far, I have five kids in my school have caught my attention. And I would kind of have like this Mm -hmm. weird feeling that something wasn't right. So I would report them to CPS because, you know, of my gut feeling is just it was telling me like hey something's not right with this kid and you know Mm -hmm. tragically I was right about them it's almost like your whole experiences have made you kind of more aware and like now you're protecting people from possibly going through what you went through and that's really beautiful and special yeah not many people have that type of awareness or that type of um you know keen ability to be cautious and, you know, aware of how other people are acting. Because it is true, you could definitely tell by body language if something mm-hmm. is off. 
So I think it's really cool that you're using your like past for the better. That is so oh, yeah, definitely. And because of that, I've become really overprotective of all the people that I know, of all the kids I know in my school, especially my own like uh, sped kids. Like for example, like kids in other classes, mm-hmm. they have the habit of calling me mom because of the way I take care of the kids that I've grown close to. That's yeah. so funny. Oh, <laughs> no, but though I'll be walking down the hallway and they'll be like, "Oh, hi, mom. Good morning, mom." I'll be like, "Hey, what's up? Good morning." Because mm-hmm. they know. That is mm-hmm. so great. That's so great. Kids need that. There's a lot of kiddos that don't have like a support system, so it's really cool that you're able to be mm-hmm. that for them. I love it. I think you're doing so great at that school and I bet they need you as much as you need them. If not, they need you more because you have a very special heart. (laughs) So now my last question is, I know your experience is dark and it's not an easy thing to talk about. And I hate that it happened to you because it should not happen to anyone. But do you have any message for survivors of abuse or assault? I do. Um, first of all, I just want to say, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you went through that. I'm sorry that whoever did that to you thought that it was okay to do to you because it's not, you know, no matter the age or the gender, nationality, whatever, there's absolutely no excuse for them doing that to other people. There's no, you know, there's no words or nothing at all that can make people forget what happened. And there mm-hmm. are days in which it would even hurt to look at yourself in the mirror. Like, for example, I'm 22 years old and I still cry thinking of the little three year old me being abused of. I still see her when I look in the mirror and I still can't mm-hmm. believe that that was me. I went through that. And I'm still scared of men. I still have trouble looking at people in the eye and I, I still don't like celebrating my birthday. But just like Jaden was able to um, was able to work with me, and just like how um, my other kids, they kind of find like little loopholes to do what they want to do. Like for example, I have a another boy in my class. He has Down syndrome, and he mm-hmm. one of his main goals was um, being able to shoot a basketball through a hoop. And he couldn't do it because the the muscles in his arms weren't strong enough to kind of force the ball up. So when he would push the ball up, it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't go up high enough. So, you know, yeah. we practiced and practiced and practiced until one day he finally made it. And I will never, I will never, <laughs> never forget the smile and the hug he gave me afterwards. That's so great. <laughs> yeah. Um. And I will admit, Mm -hmm. I still have, you know, I still have my anxiety attacks the closer and closer the anniversary of when my abuse started. So what I do basically is I I just plan things ahead for the whole month of February because my birthday is February. I, you know, I plan things for the Mm -hmm. weekend. I work on projects or paintings that would make me that would take me days to do. I have my just make mm-hmm. yourself busy. And I have my boyfriend or other people who know about my past, you know, check up on me or be a listening ear. And to anyone who's out there who's depressed, you know, it's okay to not be okay. Don't feel mm-hmm. rushed to come out, you know, of the darkness because I know it's a process and I just, I know how dark and I know how convincing the thoughts in your head can be. Like, it's a scary thing, just the things you managed to convince yourself to do. But, you know, don't mm-hmm. listen, don't listen to those thoughts. I'm, I, I kind of compare it to kind of like when you're going on a road trip, right? You're going on a road trip in your car and, you know, obviously you stop at pit stops, you know, you either pump gas or get a snack, whatever. Life 
is a trip. And right now, if you're depressed or you're going through stuff, you're at a pit stop. So take your time, eat a snack, take a rest, look at your surroundings. And when you feel ready, keep going on your journey. And you're going to feel messed up and that's okay. But the people who truly love you and won't judge you, they'll help you along the way if for some reason on your journey of life you break down again. And to be able to get out of bed and fight the same demons that left you exhausted the day before, that's brave. Like, you're a warrior for facing them. You're exactly right. You're absolutely correct because I love that whole reference you made with the whole um, pit stop because that's real. Like, Mm -hmm. take the rest Mm -hmm. that you need and eventually you're going to get to a beautiful destination. But there's no Mm -hmm. rush to it. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Giselle, for coming in today and talking to us and sharing your story. I think this angel that was sent in your life, Jaden, mm-hmm. I think it's all for the better because I don't know, like you make my heart all warm Aww. and I'm so <laughs> thankful. <laughs> Thank you so well, much. I'll let you go now. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you and take care of yourself. Yeah, okay? you too. And um, if anyone out there, you know, wants me to be a listening ear or to be a shoulder to cry on, you know, just tell Danielle and she'll let me know because I have no <laughs> problem being there because just like how that once uh, song in High School Musical goes, we're all in this together. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. From Giselle's story, I want to address two things. First, Giselle shared that she's a survivor of sexual abuse. Her abusers were uncles, her family. I am so thankful that Giselle felt comfortable enough to share those details because unfortunately, it's an unspoken reality. As kids, we are taught about stranger danger, but truth be told, It is hardly strangers who take advantage. Majority of the time, it's family acquaintances like mom's live-in boyfriend or dad's best friend. Furthermore, it can very well be family members like grandpa, grandma, uncles, aunts, cousins, sisters, brothers, or a parent that can use their power to groom or manipulate an individual. If a child does reveal or hint something concerning, believe them. Please don't make that child feel unheard or push them to feel regretful for opening up about something that is likely consuming them. Keep in mind that a child may feel helpless to tell anyone about the abuse. Some reasons might be because the abuser is a trusted friend or family member and the child thinks no one will believe them. The child might feel embarrassed. The abuser may have threatened the child into staying quiet. The abuser may have bribed the child by buying them gifts or treating the child as if they're special. The child might feel as if they speak up, they'll ruin the family. Or the child doesn't want their abuser to get in trouble. And for my second point, Giselle mentioned battling with suicidal ideation. According to the CDC, on average, someone dies from suicide every 11 minutes. So, by the end of this episode, we have already lost two beautiful souls. Suicide is a large and growing problem that can affect all ages. 
If someone opens up to you about feeling blue or displays acts out of the ordinary, like giving away their belongings, don't be afraid to ask if something is wrong. An organization called Active Minds recommends a three-step process to support others in crisis. It's called VAR. V stands for validate their feelings by saying something like, that sounds difficult, or I'm sorry that you're struggling with that right now. A stands for appreciate their courage, so let them know that you appreciate them opening up to you. And R stands for refer them to skills and support. Referring may sound like, I think it might be helpful to talk to someone. I can stay with you while we call or text a hotline. Those steps are easy to follow and can make a huge difference to someone in need. If you want more information, please look into Active Minds' website as they have a plethora of resources on deck. Lastly, if you or someone you know is in crisis, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. 1-800-273-8255 Or, if someone you know needs help in an issue dealing with sexual violence, please call the National Sexual Assault Telephone Hotline, 1-800-656-4673. And now, I want to take a second to speak directly to Giselle. I want to say thank you. Thank you for your bravery and willingness to share a difficult and sensitive part of your life. I am beyond grateful to the world that your attempts were not successful because your story is a beacon of hope to survivors. Believe me, um, you are a trailblazer and I know for a fact that you are going to help so many people by being vulnerable and shining your beautiful light. Everything that you went through should have never happened to you. And I'm so, so sorry. You inspire me, and I consider myself lucky that we cross paths in this world. I know healing is non-linear. Some days are highs while others are major lows. But know that I am here for you, and so are countless others. I am wishing the best for you, and I always will. Thank you so much. And to survivors, I have a lot that I can say. I hate that you were hurt because it's so unfair. But please know, it was not your fault. I don't care if you were 17 years old, if you were drunk, or if you were running around naked. Nobody, and I mean nobody, has the right to violate you. And there is no excuse for it. Just know that I believe you. Now, I'm going to quote one of my role models, Chanel Miller. Wherever you are in your timeline, keep going because life will stun you. At this point, I'm sending everyone a virtual hug right now. (laughs) Um, This episode may have been heavy. So I'm grateful if you've made it this far. Thank you for your time and attention to this important matter. Just know that the world needs you here and help is always available. 
take care of yourself and may serenity be with you. Until next time, goodbye.